the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He spent over 40 years in and around the restaurant industry. He's been an owner and an operator. He's a member of the Colorado Restaurant Hall of Fame. For over 30 years, his radio shows have been keeping you updated on the ever-changing Colorado restaurant scene, where he invites you to join him, both on the air and for meals at area restaurants. He's Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is the Restaurant Show on New Stock 710 KNUS. It is Saturday, October 26th. Happy to have you aboard. Studio show today up until 5 o'clock when we turn the mic over to Randy Corcoran. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock until noon, I will be back taking your calls. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. A week from Wednesday, I am leaving for Mexico. I'm leaving for Cancun, nonstop United flight out of DIA, taking 22 people. Mike, I thought you usually took groups a little bit bigger. Well, we took 52 in January, and we took 30 in March. But uh, we're going to try to squeeze in a fall trip. I know the weather is generally good here early September. Um, I know we're going to be able to get a little bit of outdoor recreation and relaxation here in Colorado. Uh, I know the Broncos start two weeks from tomorrow, September 10th. But uh, there's a brand-new resort down there in the hotel zone right in Cancun, only about 20 minutes from the airport. Rio Palace, Cucucan. Cucucan is a Mayan word. And uh, anyway, so we decided to go on down there. I am going to take baseball equipment because if you listen to the show, if you've read my blog on my website at mikeboyle.com, you know that I have been taking baseball equipment to the Dominican Republic for years. And about three, four years ago, When the Dominican Republic was shut down, Mexico was still looking for people. So I started going down there, started taking baseball equipment for kids down there, helping them get their youth baseball program started. So I leave a week from Wednesday, 22 people, 16 are people that have traveled with me before, six are brand new, looking forward to meeting them, looking forward to everybody integrating together and having a wonderful, wonderful time. Two weeks from today, September 9th, is the day that I will be going out to an area with the baseball equipment and helping a youth program 
in an area called Santa Maria Osnar, and uh, it's so small I'm having trouble finding it on the map, but uh, I found it because on the Yucatan, the oldest city, founded in 1542, is Merida, or Merida, however you would pronounce it. The correct pronunciation in Spanish is Merida, but at any rate, most people call it Merida. The second oldest, 1542, 1543, is a place called Valladolid, and uh, so I'll be driving out from Cancun to Valladolid, meeting some folks who will be taking me and Mike Worm. Mike Worm is the Mike of Angie's Grinelli's restaurant, and uh, we'll be taking the baseball equipment out there on that day. The point of all this is I'm gathering stuff up. I need a couple more equipment bags. I've got to buy some newer balls. I've got to get a few more used gloves. If you happen to have any equipment, please just let me know. And uh, I will round that up and be taking it. Generally take about eight duffel bags, eight equipment bags, about 400 pounds, uh, maybe 450 pounds of baseball gear. That's a lot of gear, but it really helps these villages that have no running water, no electricity, so they certainly don't have any sporting goods stores. So um, anyway, uh, that's what's coming up for me. I've uh, got plenty more to talk about, and I'll, shut, I'll set the table for that when we come back and get started here on The Restaurant Show. I wasn't born for digging deep holes. I'm not made for paving long roads. I ain't cut out to climb highline poles, but I'm pretty good drinking beer. All right, 13 minutes after 3 o'clock, I'll be drinking some beer a week from this Wednesday when I head down to Mexico. Um, a week from Wednesday, I'm leaving for Mexico, but this Wednesday, Dennis Prager will be in town. He'll be at the View House Centennial, uh, compliments of KNUS Radio. And if you'd like to go to that, it's really really an enjoyable evening. I just love listening to Dennis Prager. He gives me hope um, for the modern world, the Western world, the society that we have grown up in. But that'll be this Wednesday at the View House Centennial. Information is at 710knus.com. And if Dennis Prager appearance is not enough to motivate you to be there i will be there as well certainly not speaking i never want to speak anywhere that dennis prager is speaking because (laughs) he is so much more eloquent than i could ever be broncos tonight are taking on their last playoff uh baker barton preseason game haven't been to the playoffs in a while, taking on their last preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams. And then uh, they will have time to make their cuts and get ready for the season to start against the Las Vegas Raiders on September 10th. Um, That should be fun. The Rockies are playing later this evening as well. So uh, man's finest invention, not the wheel, but the remote control. I'll be going from the Broncos to the Rockies, Broncos to the Rockies. Rockies are in a rough patch right now. They have lost five consecutive games. Big numbers, giving up a lot of runs, giving up 38 runs in five games. They have had a lead 
in the eighth inning, nine inning games, they have had a lead in the eighth inning in all five and lost all five by giving up so many runs. So anyway, uh, um, unfortunate, but uh, I don't think we expected them to be particularly good this year, but uh, maybe we didn't expect them to be quite so bad. Uh, I'm going to, in the next segment, I'm going to introduce you to Doug Preston and Lincoln Child. They are two very talented, well-known, uh, prolific writers. They have a new book out, came out this week, called Dead Mountain. We talk at the restaurant, travel, movies, books, sports, or whatever we feel like talking about show. So we're going to introduce you to them and talk a little bit about their book. Speaking of the restaurant show book club, um, when I get back from Mexico on the 13th of September, the following Wednesday we have our September get-together of the Restaurant Show Book Club. It's on my website at mikeboyle.com. If you think you would like to come to that, um, we would love to have you. I read a book this week called Code Red. It's by Kyle Mills. Kyle Mills is the man that was hired to replace Vince Flynn. Vince Flynn uh, died unexpectedly young, only 47 years old, of cancer, and uh, the family wanted to continue on with the book series featuring Mitch Rapp, so they hired Kyle Mills, and this is the eighth book that Kyle has written after about a dozen books that Vince had written, so uh, that'll be coming out in September. I got a galley copy. I read it this week, and it was very good. You know, we talk about page turners. We talk about books that keep you up at night, books that you can't put down. That certainly does qualify. Um, Have you heard the news? Let me play this for you. Um, I think that this is absolutely noteworthy. Um, All right, this is from the Today Show. Supermarket chain Publix says it will no longer make hurricane-themed cakes due to sensitivity concerns. So in the past, the colorful cakes have included messages like, go away or leave Florida alone. But now in light of the numerous deaths caused by the hurricanes last fall, Publix says it'll stop producing the cakes because they make light of a natural disaster. Some customers have criticized the decision on social media, saying the cakes give people a little bit of joy during a difficult time. Do not tell New Orleans and the hurricanes at Paddo's oh, about that. By the way, those would never, oh, never go anywhere. Never, never, never. The supermarket chain All right, what she's talking about, yeah, the hurricanes. Have you ever been to New Orleans? you ever been down to the French Quarter? you ever been down to Pat O'Brien's and had a hurricane beverage? Heaven for, you know, the hypersensitivity crowd. They're, you know what they're coming? I, I, I hope they don't because I love, love, love them. I love Dairy Queen. I love DQ. They were at the Taste of Douglas County. Not just the grill part of Grill and Chill. They're burgers. Their chicken tenders, their hot dogs smothered with chili and raw onions and diced up American cheese. The blizzard. Oh, my God, we can't make fun of a natural disaster. Why would we have a blizzard? You know what? There's people that have lost their homes in blizzards. And uh, and then, of course, you know, you've got the tornado and all of that type of stuff. And, folks, I don't mean to be insensitive here, but come on. If we become just so, so hypersensitive that this stuff needs to go away, that this stuff needs to actually have somebody wake up and champion the cause of making this stuff go away. 
I went to the new Cherry Cricket this week on Littleton Boulevard. They took over a place that for years was known as the Crestwood Inn. And it was there for a long time, kind of a kind of a Coco's, kind of a Denny's, kind of a breakfast and lunch type place called the Crestwood Inn. And then it had a false a couple false starts, but the Cherry Cricket folks took it over, and uh, it is their third location. I got lapped a little bit. A listener had to let me know that there's actually a second location down on Blake Street in addition to the Cherry Creek location. But, man, it was good. I had forgotten how good their burgers really are. And, man, they've got two beautiful patios, one with a lot of covering, one not so much. But they are really, really good burgers. Get over there. And then I went to Inside Scoop for an ice cream. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, let's talk with Doug Preston and Lincoln Child about their new book, Dead Mountain, on the Mike Boyd. Back to the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Yes, it's the restaurant show where we talk about travel, movies, books, sports, or whatever I feel like talking about. We're going to talk about a book. I am really thrilled to have one of these guys, Doug Preston, back. And to have for the first time, Lincoln Child, two very prolific writers. And uh, you know what? I can't wait to talk to him. Lincoln Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you. All right, now... Mike, we're happy to be here. All right, now, now, Doug, with all the interviews you guys do, I don't expect the fact, Doug, that you have been on the Mike Boyle Show to be memorable. I don't expect it to jump out. But I am going to remind you, I'll bet you that I have asked you a question on the air that you were never asked before, nor have you ever been asked since. Uh, Would you like me to recount the circumstances? Yes, I'm very curious. (laughs) It was after I read your book, The Lost City of the Monkey God. I have been fascinated. I'm a Southern California boy. I spend a lot of time in Mexico. I take groups to Mexico all the time. I've always been very fascinated with the the cultures down there, the Mayan cultures, the Aztecs, even the Zacatecas and so forth. I've been to, obviously, the Chichen Itzas and Tulums and Cobas, but I've also was in Copan, Honduras, when they uncovered the ruins, you know, as they began to find these ruins through LIDAR and other uh, means. And so when I read The Lost City of the Monkey Gods, Monkey God, uh, it talked about the villagers that were close, they knew the place was haunted, they knew that they did didn't want to go there. They knew that people went and disappeared. And you told me about an expedition that you went on. And when you got back, some of the same maladies that had been reported by the villagers were reported with your crew. And, um, you know, some diseases and some uh, wounds and some uh, that type of thing, even to the point where people losing some body parts. And at the end of the interview, Doug, I asked you, did you lose your nose? <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I remember that, Mike. I remember that be, very clearly. <laughs> be, so am I the only person that's ever asked you that? <laughs> You're the only person with the courage to ask me that. And I, 
I think I think my answer was it's remarkable what they can do with plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because how would you keep your sunglasses on? You know, so anyway, I, but I, I, uh, I remember that, and it was a wonderful, wonderful book. Lincoln, Doug, this book, Dead Mountain, which recently was published, I love it. It's a Nora Kelly. I like books where I am in entertained where I learn but where I learn something. And so I like New Mexico. It seems to be a target rich environment in New Mexico for mystery thrillers, disappearances, conflict between police agencies, local sheriffs, Indian reservation police forces and so forth. But the basis for this book actually came out of a Incident that happened in Russia in 1955 in the Ural. Am I pronouncing it right? The Ural Mountains. Yes. I, yes. I, I mean, first of all, who in the hell knows that? How do you find that out? And how did some one of you found it out and said, "Hey, Doug. Hey, Lincoln. I think that this would be a good book. Let's set it in New Mexico. Take the listeners through that because I think it's a fascinating story. It's got to be a fascinating story." It's funny you should ask because Doug can tell you exactly how that happened. Doug? Yeah. Well, it was. Uh... I write occasional nonfiction pieces for the New Yorker magazine. Right. And and for years I've been fascinated with this really bizarre story about these nine skiers who went on a cross-country ski, ski trip in the Ural Mountains of the old Soviet Union and died under the strangest circumstances imaginable. You can't believe how when they found their bodies, you know, some were missing their eyes, some their tongues, some had were crushed, horribly crushed, and yet the skin was unbroken. Uh, some had weird burns on the sides of their heads, their feet, their legs. Uh, something had so terrified these, these skiers that they had cut their way out of their tent uh, in the middle of a blizzard in 40 below zero weather and run out into the cold and bare feet in the snow. So, and it's, it's never been solved. And so I wrote a story about it for The New Yorker, and it was published. And then I was approached by a major studio, movie studio. They, they were going to buy the rights to it, going to make a movie. And uh, I got the contracts. I signed them. I sent them back. And the next day, Russia invaded uh, the Ukraine. And the studio pulled out and said, no, no, we're not going to do anything involving Russia. And probably rightly so. And that's when Link had an idea. I'm going to turn it back over to Link. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, lo we, I, I love we, it. Oh, so, so Lincoln, um, I don't know yeah. you well enough to call you Link, but Lincoln, so Doug Preston is on the line, and he says, what do you think? Come on. Tell us your real re real initial reaction. <laughs> to, to what? This idea? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I had read Doug's article in okay. the New Yorker, you know, just because, you know, like a mother has to read their children's writing and <laughs> tell them, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. you did a good job. Here, yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's a lollipop. Yeah, you've, um, you've, been carrying, and, you've been carrying his water for years, right, Lincoln? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but um, he's been holding his water for years, yeah, yeah. put it that way. Um, but he, you know, and it was a fascinating story. Um, 
And I was then I was jealous when I heard that he um, got a movie deal for it because you know, for us that's been our bet noir for years. We've come close so many times to getting our books made in our films or TV series, and so many times it's gone down in flames. Um, and it happened again this time because you know for an awful reason Russia invading Ukraine. Um, but. But, you know, we, we were thinking this is a great idea. I mean, people, you said you love to be to be entertained and to learn something. Mm-hmm. But we thought this is a great chance to learn about the the areas of New Mexico. The people don't even know there are mountains that are so high and so cold and dangerous. It's easy to die up there if you're not properly trained in winter hiking. And, um, and also learn about archaeology and its mystery. So we basically took... The bones of this mystery transplanted it to the Manzana Mountains of New Mexico and took our two heroines, the FBI agents and the archaeologists, and we popped it in front of them, and then we had to figure out a solution to the mystery, <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. You know? Because everybody thinks it was a Yeti, it was Elvis, it was an alien, you know. Yeah. But we... We um, we thought of a great ending, and we, we most importantly we made a story our own. We didn't just take Doug's article and retell it. We really we it's full of New Mexican touches, and uh, uh, you know we're very happy with it. You know I'm fascinated by it because I don't have a creative bone in my body. And when I Steve Barry Steve Barry is a regular on my shows. He will take a historical event and he generally doesn't change the locale, but he will then inject his characters. He'll create a story. And so I thought that it reminded me, I, I hope that that's okay to compare. I, I thought that it was, it was really fascinating in that sense. I'll tell you what a geek I am. I'm one of these guys that not only, and I know New Mexico reasonably well, I not only know the Manzano Mountains, but I know New Mexico. By the way, since you guys have spent some time in New Mexico, have you ever had a burger at the Laguna Grill in Laguna, New Mexico? No, no. Uh, no. Do you recommend it? Oh, God, listen, let me tell you something. This is the restaurant show. You'd never know it from what, what, I, what I talk about sometimes. There's a place uh, just west of Albuquerque, about 25 miles. It's on 40. Um, is it 40 that goes through Gallup? And, yeah. And anyway, it's, yeah. it's Laguna, New Mexico, and it's in a little convenience store. It's called the Laguna Grill. And I got a call on the air from some listener that said, well, if you're driving around down there, you need to go to the Laguna Grill and get a burger made with Hatch chilies. It is absolutely fabulous. There's one in the casino. There's one in Albuquerque. But you go to the original in Laguna, New Mexico. But that said, I'm such a geek that I look up Estancia. New Mexico to see if I've been there because I'm a blue highways, back road, two lane kind of guy because you get to see a lot of different stuff. So anyway, I've got a couple more questions for you. I want to talk about the book a little bit more. I've got Doug Preston and Lincoln Child. They have a new book out called Dead Mountain. And uh, I got to ask them if A, there is such a thing as Dead Mountain. And by the way, the sheriff in Torrance County, New Mexico, 
in their book is a real protagonist. And I need to ask, I need to ask Lincoln and Doug, I looked up, did you know that this year, the sheriff in the book had been there for years and years and years, had his own little fiefdom. And did you know that this year they elected a new sheriff in Torrance County, New Mexico? And I wonder if this book had anything to do with it. We're going to find out when we come back with Doug Preston and Lincoln Child. I'm Mike Boyle. And this is the Restaurant Travel Movies Book Sports or whatever we feel like talking about show. to the book segment of the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Don't forget, I've got a book club. Yep, you can check it out at mikeboyle.com. That's the website for the show. I've got two of the biggies. You know, we get the big boys here. We got Lincoln Child and Doug Preston. They have You've seen them on nationwide shows, national television. You've seen their articles, and you've read their books. Well, they made the big time. They're on the Mike Boyle Show. Uh, Doug has been with us in the past, and Lincoln is his first visit. All right, so in the book, it's set in, part of it set just east of Albuquerque in Torrance County. And a little two-lane road has a town called Estancia, uh, which has a population of about 12,000 or so. But the sheriff for that county, you know, he kind of reminds you of one of those southern fat-bellied good old boys. Uh, uh, he kind of rules the roost there. And um, he kind of gets his comeuppance later in the book without giving any details away. And I just noticed that a new sheriff was elected for Torrance County, New Mexico. Do you think you guys were responsible for that? No, we're well, not because <laughs> our book just came. Doug might claim responsibility, but we really couldn't because our book just came out two days ago. Oh, okay. Um, All right. But you are right. Your characterization is dead on. He's. The character, the fictitious character in our book is a good old boy, you know, but he's got his fiefdom and he's going to run for re-election and no one's going to tell him what to do, especially some 24-year-old FBI agent, a woman, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and and he she makes his life miserable. And he, he fits all of the stereotypes of, you know, there's an old saying that the reason men can't get mad cow disease is because men are pigs. Well, you know, he fits all <laughs> he fits all he fits all the stereotypes of an ugly male. And uh, so you don't think it's you're responsible for the the new sheriff being elected. I will tell you this, though. Uh, one of the things that I may, how can I recommend a restaurant if I haven't eaten there? How can I recommend a place to travel, been all over the world, if I haven't been there? And I feel the same way with movies and TV shows and books. I think I should read the book because in case you haven't noticed, we haven't really even gotten into the meat and potatoes of the book yet, but I've got other stuff I want to ask, and I want to learn a little bit about the authors and a little bit about their backgrounds and where the story came from. But um, do you prefer you, – you guys do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews throughout your career. Would you prefer that a talk show host has read the book, or would you prefer – Probably out of a hundred publicity 
statements sent out with some suggested questions getting asked the same thing on morning shows over and over and over. I'd just like your opinion on that. I personally believe I should read the book. I owe you that courtesy. We well, really well, appreciate Mike, I, that, I, you know, yeah, because we, do, we can we always tell. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lincoln, what, what are your thoughts? We, we really appreciate it. Um, and we can always tell when somebody just looked over that publicity sheet because, you know, the questions are kind of wandering and aimless and the <laughs> names get mispronounced. Well, um, my my shows got, my, my my questions are wandering and aimless, but at least I've read the no, book. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we can this way we can not only tell the story because you give us a chance to do that, but you also have more interesting questions that that possible readers will want to know. But before we before we run out of time, we have to return your favor when you told about that place to get a burger. Yes, um, because Doug has a recommendation for you of a place that's mentioned or a dish that's mentioned in the book called Steak Dunnigan. And to me, it sounds just like a steak with a bunch of chilies thrown over it. But Doug, tell him what's so great about it. Well, you know, if you go to Santa Fe, um, you go to the Pink Adobe restaurant, which is right. one of the oldest restaurants in Santa Fe, and they got a a steak in there that's famous called Steak Dunnigan. And uh, it's smothered with a sauce of hatch green chilies and onions and some other spices. It is outstanding. And it was named after an old cattleman in New Mexico, long since gone, who who uh, loved that steak. His name was Dunnigan. And, uh, and they, 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 they still serve it. So there's a, there's a recommendation for you, Mike. Well, and Doug, I appreciate it because you know what? I just got back from driving. You guys obviously are familiar with New Mexico. I wanted to go down to the Big Texan in Amarillo, uh, the home of the 72-ounce steak challenge, and I wanted to see it. But rather than just going 25 to 40 as fast as I can, balls to the wall, I go to Raton, and I go over by the volcano, and I go down through Clayton, where Black Jack Ketchum was hanged, and then I go down to the Amarillo. And because there's stuff like that, the history of that stuff, you know, that was started in 1960 with a guy that walked in and had four, what, 16, 18-ounce steaks, and the guy said, anybody that can eat like that, we're going to start a challenge. I'm always looking for that. The, it's called the Dunnigan Steak. <laughs> Yeah, steak Dunnigan. Steak Dunnigan. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then there's a there's a scene in the book where Nora and Corey are eating yes. steak Dunnigan, and they're talking about the autopsy uh-huh. that has just taken place of of these of this murder victim, and their voices are a little too loud, and they suddenly yeah. realize that everyone in the restaurant has been hearing this disgusting description <laughs> of his autopsy while these two ladies are eating these bloody steaks. <laughs> yes, yeah, and they're both young and probably kind of pretty. And, uh, well, no, and, and by the way, uh, if, you're ever, if, if you ever get to Tucumcari, you've got to stop at the powwow. You got to stop at the powwow and get some Mexican food in to, to come carry. All right. So well, anyway, it's, I suppose at some point we should talk about the book. What do you say? Um, Doug, and Doug, by the way, well, listen. Go ahead. One thing: if you're ever in Sarasota here, come to the Deep Lagoon. As long as we're doing a restaurant recommendation, <laughs> I'm okay? writing. I'm writing awesome this stuff gro- down. Awesome grouper. Well, awesome and, grouper, right off the boat. And you know what? 
I think that, and we've seen it, my daughter, like I said, I took her around the world, all seven continents, 75 countries. We will do food tourism. And that doesn't mean the three-star Michelin restaurant. It means finding something unique to the locale. So I'm writing both of these things down, and hopefully you've written down the Laguna Grill and the powwow in Tucumcari. All right, so Doug Preston and Lincoln Child, Take the listeners, I suppose we should talk a little bit about the book. In 2008, nine mountaineers failed to return from a winter backpacking trip in the New Mexico mountains. At their final campsite, searchers found a bizarre scene. Something had appeared at the door of their tent, so terrifying that it compelled them, impelled them to slash their... What's the difference between impelling and compelling? I don't know that. You guys are the wordsmiths. To slash their way out... I'm sorry? The letters I am C. Oh, okay. Flee barefoot to flee certain death in a blizzard. So, anyway, take the listeners through um, without. I guess we don't want to give away the. I I love the ending. I thought the ending was very well done. Go ahead, guys. Well, the the the, uh, essentially six of the bodies of these victims in 2008 were found, but three bodies remain lost in the wilderness of the Manzano Mountains. And so the novel opens up with the discovery in a cave of two of these bodies. And it's a great mystery because from examining the bodies, they realize that one of the individuals murdered the other one, stabbed him to death multiple times, and then committed suicide by plunging the knife into his own heart. And uh, so that is why the FBI become involved. And also, uh, Nora Kelly, the archaeologist with the Santa Fe Institute, becomes involved because in the same cave, they find uh, two prehistoric Indian burials. Mm-hmm. And so there's all this, 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 this really crazy sort of scene where they're excavating the Indian burials and then they find these two other bodies. All, tor- all, really so, all, sorts, all, all sorts of jurisdictional disputes and so forth. Exactly, and the sheriff is there, the FBI is there, the National Forest, you know, law enforcement is there, and none of these guys like each other. (laughs) I know, it's amazing anything gets done. You know, go ahead. Anyway, so so, so that's where the mystery begins, and uh, it, you know, this this takes place not far from Kirtland Air Force Base, Mm -hmm. which has the largest depot of nuclear weapons in the world inside these Manzano Mountains. And also in these mountains is a bunker complex that was built for President Truman uh, during the Cold War. Uh, in case of a nuclear war, this was where he would go with his, his cabinet and, and hunker down uh, during the war. But it, the complex was sealed up when the after the Soviets tested their large H-bombs they realized that those bombs could breach the complex that they just built, so they sealed it all up. So anyway, all this is is part of the story. I can't say how, but also Kirtland was part of the Manhattan Project um, going way back. That's something that not a lot of people know. So anyway, it's, so there's a lot of history involved yes, there as well. Yes, yes. I had no idea. I didn't, you know, I've been up to... Uh 
Minot, North Dakota, you know, where we've got the missile silos on an Air Force uh, VIP trip and so forth. I had no idea. Uh, I found, and that's what I mean about learning something and getting a little bit of history. I found it. I found that the book was really very enjoyable. And one of the things that I liked about it also, both Lincoln and Doug, is that I've read Old Bones, for example, about that was the one about the Donner Party, right? If I recall, um, yes. Okay, and that's a Nora Kelly novel. Um, I feel like I'm learning something, but I also don't. Feel, I feel like your books, even though you use the same characters, I feel like they are both very standalone, and uh, consequently, you can pick up a Doug Preston Lincoln Child book, and pretty much anyone in the series. I shouldn't even call it a series. In the in the library of these books and uh, and check them out. Well, listen, I better let you guys go. Um, you know what? Matter of fact, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to hold you over for another minute or two before we let you go. Doug Preston and Lincoln Child. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is the restaurant. All right, welcome back to my interview with Doug Preston and Lincoln Child, prolific writers. They write on their own. They write together, and they've got a book out called Dead Mountain, a Nori Kellen novel. Uh, and, Lincoln, uh, during the break, you said you wanted to say something about learning something from Old Bones, another one of the Nora Kelly books and so forth. Go ahead and pick that up. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to, to add a garnish to, um, to what you had said uh, about being able to pick up any of those books. You know, we have another series called the Agent Pendergast. Series. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've it's read them. Probably better known. And and some of those are standalone, but some, you know, you, you it, they work best if you have the backstory and you've read earlier ones. But when we started this series, we really had two main goals in mind. One was to have two very strong female uh, protagonists. You know, one an archaeologist, one in the FBI, so they had things they could do together and to solve cases. The other thing was to set it in a very different location from New York City, so we set it where Doug spends half the year, New Mexico. And finally, we wanted to make sure that every book not only taught people something, like the Donald Party, for example, uh-huh. um, but also that it is a standalone book. So these are standalone mysteries they can grab, in this case, Dead Mountain, uh, and read it and hopefully enjoy it just as much Without having read the earlier ones, I'll be like to think that the characters have grown, you know, the main characters and developed over the uh, over the four books. I, I've learned, Lincoln and Doug, I have to be very careful because the author will typically really want to push the new book and get those sales through this through the roof. So I, I'm, I'm always kind of careful with saying. But you know what? You might want to go back with Mike Lawson books to the beginning of Joe DeMarco. You might want to go back to the beginning with this and watch the characters develop. Now, Janet Ivanovich will tell me, she said, Mike, Stephanie Plum is timeless. I can write these for the rest of my life. She's always going to be a 32-year-old ditz in, in Trenton, New Jersey. But but so, I, I yeah, I think that you're – I think that the Nora Kelly novels – I think they walk that line very well about being freestanding and yet being able to pick up any one. So uh, that 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 was simply that was simply my uh, that was simply my point. Um, Doug, you spend a lot of time in New Mexico. I do. Yeah, I spend eight months of the year in Santa Fe. 
Okay, terrific. I, I like it down there. I, I just think that some of the history and you go out to, uh, you know, you go out to where Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid and, and I mean, it's just it's really nice down there. I just I, I find it nice and enjoyable to wander around down there. Well, listen, I, I you know, Doug, you welcome back. Lincoln, thank Have we done anything here, Lincoln, to discourage you from coming back? Uh, quite the opposite. I'm eager to come back so we can talk about me, you know, and how wonderful I am next time. Well, no, you know, you very I'll, no, I'll tell you what. We've still got about two minutes left in this segment. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit oh, no, about no, no, you. No, 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 I, no, come on. No, no I'm, ser- I'm, I'm serious. Child is a Florida resident and former book editor who's published eight novels on his own, including bestsellers. How did you guys even meet? I, I, I find that authors. I asked Steve Barry this because, you know, he just did his first co-authored book with Grant Blackwood out of Fort Collins, Colorado, by the way. And there's a perfect example, the Kennedy assassination, the Kennedy murder. He takes a historical event, historical facts, and injects a character. But how did you guys, if you're in New York, Doug, in New Mexico, and you're in Sarasota, Florida, how did you guys even get together? Probably well, one of those writer, writer conventions or something? Oh, no. Back then, we were both in New York. This was like... This is this is back when they disinvented paper, and Gutenberg was uh, printing his uh, first. And I was a book editor at St. Martin's Press, uh-huh. and Doug worked at the Natural History Museum, and so Ooh. I tapped him to write a nonfiction book about that museum, and we became friends, and that led to the two of us very self-indulgently taking three years to write a book. We never thought it would get published, and that was Relic which was made into a film, and we've been having fun and arguing and, uh, you know, being pals ever since. Well, obviously, um, obviously, the, obviously the measure of the relationship is the success. But, you know, one of the other things is that, and I've only got one, I've got less than a minute, but Steve Berry told me that Grant Blackwood wrote the book, The Ninth Man. Steve Berry had given him the idea, and then he sent it to Steve. Steve cleans it up. Who does one person, and I've talked to other authors where one writes a chapter, the other writes the next chapter. Who, can you give me 30 seconds of synopsis on what happened with Dead Mountain with you two? Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, well, the way we, originally, I did most of the writing and Link did most of the rewriting. Okay. And, uh, but, but that evolved into... A 50-50 kind of writing partnership where sure. we plot the books together. Uh, Link will take a sequence of chapters of, from one character's point of view. I'll take a sequence from the other. I'll write my chapters. He writes his. And then we swap them and rewrite each other. And that's when the trouble begins. <laughs> we, <laughs> well, and well, I'll say, why did you change that? How can you do that? Anyway, it's... Sometimes it's like a bad marriage, but the end result, I think, is pretty tight. And I would so. say the end result is very good. It's called Dead Mountain by Doug Preston and Lincoln Child. That's going to have to wrap it up. Guys, I can't thank you enough for joining me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.